Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. Free Shipping Tuesdays are back with Canada Post. Every Solutions for Small Business member can send one parcel free every Tuesday in October. Visit CanadaPost.ca forward slash free Tuesdays to learn how you can ship for free this October. So you want to grow your business. Now what? MailChimp's all-in-one marketing platform. That's what. It has all the marketing tools you need in one place so you can save time and money. And it's powered by a marketing CRM so you can collect, organize, and understand your audience data and make smarter marketing choices. MailChimp. That's what. Learn more at MailChimp.com. Diversify. Don't just put all your eggs in one export market. Think about what other export markets you could do well at, and EDC will help you figure that out. With Export Development Canada, doing business abroad doesn't need to be risky. We take on the risks so you can think bigger and grow confidently. EDC, take on the world. a first-hand glimpse into the future of Canadian business. It's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Lord, you know, I'm stuck. A show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Really excited to bring to you something special that I've been working with, and that's a community a new community where we're engaging online with entrepreneurs from around the planet. And I invite you to join me. All you have to do is go to the link www.headspacefe.com where amazing conversations are happening with entrepreneurs. This is Merlin Racino's VP Operations and Business Development of Arctic Fresh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Podcast Show. I'm your host, Rivers Corbin, and I hang out with rock stars across the country. They're doing cool things with entrepreneurship, business, and uh, just the all-around journey of moving the country forward. And today's guest is Merlin Racino's. He's the Vice President of Operations and Business Development of Arctic Fresh, which is a Nunavut-based on online retail store that offers customers a wide range of affordable products from fresh produce to household items. Merlin started his business, his first business at the age of eight, and we're going to talk about that, selling fresh fruit and snacks to members of his community. At the age of 21, he moved to Nunavut and began a rewarding experience in retail, which he would eventually leave to start up 
Arctic Fresh with his partner Rhoda Angatimarek. Through their efforts, they have supplied fresh and nutritious food to 13 isolated northern communities. Every day, Arctic Fresh leverages social platforms and partnerships with like-minded organizations in order to achieve their bold mission to educate the people of Nunavut about healthy eating habits and cooking meals that are both affordable and, of course, delicious. Merlin also works in his community to bring personal and entrepreneurship capacity. He is very invested in the community of Igulik, volunteering and mentoring on average of 500 hours per year where he helps people start business, gain employment, do personal taxes, learn about cooking, driving and many more activities, and of course, (laughs) running Arctic Fresh at the same time. Uh, Merlin, it's a real honor to have you on the show, sir. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be here, Rivers, and uh, looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, right on. Well, look, uh, you know, entrepreneurs are kind of uh, short-sighted people. They got to know what the end is first. So what's uh, what are you hoping after we're done with uh, I know is going to be an epic conversation. What do you what do you, what do you want our listeners to take away from our conversation today? Well, you know what? I want them to understand a little bit about Arctic Fresh, but I also want them to understand what a social enterprise is what it does and its role it plays and the key role that it can play on remote communities in Canada. You know, a lot of the a lot of the times we look at remote communities in a way that is totally different from urban centers. Uh, But at the end of the day, uh, social enterprises can really play a key role in those remote communities. And it's something that I want our listeners to take away from 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 this. Mm, I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, let's kind of dive into it. You know very well because when you apply it and because you teach it that entrepreneurship really can be used as a as a tool for change, for disruption, and of course for survival. And uh, you know, I, I, one of my pet peeves is that the education system has not done a very good job in 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 having entrepreneurship be even considered as a career, let alone uh, really focusing down on it strong. So when people get laid off or whatever, they lose a job they instantly go into panic mode but entrepreneurship can be there for survival with the price of food as high as it is in northern canada you know it only seems fitting that we would see a company like yours arctic fresh step in and do the work that's needed to be done in order for people to access healthy and nutritious food what was that aha moment that made you and your co-founder, though, say, we need to do this? Because the environment, and I say that with quotes, is, I think, I think a lot different than traditional Canadiana. Yes, it is. So, you know, we... Um I had moved to Nunavut when I was young and, you know, and spent most of my life in, in Nunavut. And um, my spouse, she she grew up here. She lived here. She was born here. And, you know, she would tell me stories about kids, you know, uh, when she was a, a kid, you know, going hungry, uh, you know, sometimes not having enough to eat, sometimes having to choose between, uh, you know, breakfast, lunch and without going to bed without supper. And I started to realize that uh, traditional retail and traditional business in the north um, was really uh, at a standstill. And, and the reason why it was at a standstill was because it was working and it, because it was generating profits. And, and at that time, you know, nobody was looking outside the box. Nobody was thinking outside the box on how can we make things better. 
technology had improved dramatically. You know, uh, we, we were looking at, at transportation had improved dramatically. We're looking at all these things that had, you know, really been, you know, updated throughout the, uh, the years, but, you know, business had been at a standstill. So we looked at it and we said, well, why don't we try to start something? You know, at the beginning, we weren't sure what we were going to do, but it was something right. that we wanted to, to, to do, right? We wanted to make a yeah. change. We wanted to make a positive change. So we yeah. were looking at it and we we're like, what can we do? And and we looked at the technology, right? We looked at internet. We look at how people in the north now are able to see the south and compare prices and that they're able to, to do that. And we're like, wait a minute. You know, they're looking at things online. Why don't we create an online store? And without having, you know, too much overhead and the cost of, you know, um, all the infrastructure, uh, we can, you know, minimize the cost of the food and therefore pass those savings to our customers. But also, you you, you know, in the retails in, in the north, you know, you, you're your uh, section of uh, perishable goods or fruits and vegetables is small compared the reason why is because, well, weather and also transportation, but also for the fact that, you know, it takes about a week and a half, you know, for the product to move from the supplier uh, through all the different channels, right, to the store, uh, right? So we're like, how can we minimize all that transportation and get it from the supplier directly to the customer? Um, mm. So therefore, the product now has a longer life shell. And, and, you know, yes. it's, it's, it's healthier, it's, it's more uh, um, fresh, but also more affordable. Tell me about your first customer. You know what? Our first customer was somebody in Igloo. Like, actually, at that time, we had um, we were operating under the name Racinos Limited. Um, we were we, it was this like, honestly, uh, grandma, grandpa website that I had developed yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it was nothing automatic, you know, the person went in there and did like a mock-up order. Then the website would send me that mock-up order to my email. I would have to price it up, include Nutrition North, <laughs> include the freight, you know. It would take yeah. me, you know, almost a half hour to just be there pricing everything out by hand. Oh, my God, would, so long. So oh, yeah. long, my man. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I would send back the email to our customer, right? And, and then at that time, we didn't even know if they were – willing to buy it was just a cool yes. sort of idea and then you know yeah. the first customer that came back and said yes please proceed i was shocked yes. i was like okay yeah. here we go and how much was the order for it was around six hundred dollars love it love it yeah i remember my first uh i used to be i used to run a catering and uh business i remember my first order was 1500 and i thought i'd died and gone to heaven so that's so cool <laughs> 600 bucks it, yeah and, you know uh, what? and so, yeah, yeah, go for it. No, it made my day that day, you know, because I was like, I had done all that work and I wasn't sure if it was going to go through or not. And when she came back and the email came up, pops up on my, and it says, yes, please proceed. I'm like, yes, we made it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is so cool. So you've, you've, uh, you've been through the, you know, that started your journey that kind of validated your whole idea. And, yep. and uh, so to me, there's really two 
main challenges that you that you have and I'm, and I'm going to I'm going to take away the obvious which is freshness that's uh, yeah. you know maintaining that freshness but one is distribution and the yep. second one that you've identified is education which is yep. teaching people about healthy and nutritious food so what one talk to us about your distribution strategies in working in a, in a remote environment like Nunavut so our distribution strategy is to cut uh, time in transportation. That's what we call it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. we want to cut as much time as we can on transportation. So in order for us to do that, we had to really, you know, we had to go knocking on doors. Um, you know, uh, at this time, there was, you know, airlines coming up to Nunavut, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but we mm -hmm. had no volume. We had no sales. We had nothing really to show. And, you know, I remember our first presentation to one of the airlines and, you know, um, we <laughs> we went there, you know, honestly, not expecting anything, but hoping for the best. And and we went in, in there, you know, and, and we pitched them this idea and we're, we're talking to them and we're like, OK, uh, you know, this is something that we want to do is something that we want to do, not for us, but for for the people and the communities. And we're like, you're serving those people, you're serving those communities. You know, it's only um, it's you have to jump on board with this, you know, it's something that, you know, you have to, to, to do. Right. And, and it was funny because right. we, again, we weren't expecting anything, but at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, one of the persons that was at the back end and he wasn't talking the whole time. Right. We had two or three people at the front from the representatives of the airline. Right. And they're like, you know, asking us questions and, and anything like that. But we knew that, you know, the boss boss was sitting at the back, just watching, not saying any, anything. And, you know, he comes out and he goes, best presentation I ever seen. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, only words, you know? Yeah. So, you know, we, we come out of that and, and we knew that we were somewhere. Right. And with that, we were able to leverage more and more and more. So now, you know, we're looking at two, two days, three days stops, you know, going into a community where, where before it was taken a week and a half for that product to, wow. to be transported. Wow. Is there any food that is just not a, it's not on the list you can't do, or are you able to uh, do every type of food uh, given your distribution system now? Well, we're able to do any type of food. We're actually revamping our, um, our distribution right now, um, and we're adding more products to it. So one of the things that we wanted to do is we wanted to make sure that we had it right for our customers, right? So we wanted to make sure that, you know, uh, we were not going to transport product that was going to take too long. And by the time the customer got it, it was bad. We wanted to make sure that freshness yes. was one of the things that set us aside. So, you know, we, we started with product that, you know, would not go bad right away. Right. Uh, yes. We started with, yeah, sure. uh, you know, apples, mm -hmm. oranges, thing, things like that, mm -hmm. you know. And as we were able to maximize our delivery time, then we added, you know, the strawberries, your blueberries, your blackberries, you mm. know, your kale, all, all of those things, right? So now what we're doing is, you know, we're adding all, all of those products, but we also are going to start a cooking channel on, on, on YouTube to educate people on how to use those products and how to utilize them to make, you're right, to introduce local country food like fish, char, you know, seal, caribou, but also you utilize the fresh products that we're also going to be bringing into the communities. 
Yeah, you know, I uh, one of my businesses uh, I have in I'm based out of uh, Maritime Canada, and I provide uh, chefs to do to go into the the Sobeys grocery stores. Uh, I've been doing it for many years, and that's exactly their premise: is that we're able to teach people about other techniques of using one existing products. They'll do that, but also introduce them to new products that they might never have not thought about before because they just didn't feel comfortable on cooking on how to cook with them. So I think that's that's brilliant that you're. Uh, that you're doing that um the uh if when we did the intro um merlin we talked about you starting a business at the age of eight selling fresh fruit and snacks uh is this kind of been one of your deals since the age of eight that food fresh food is what you want to focus in on you know what i um when i was eight i uh you know what what i wanted to do was um, I lived at that time. I wasn't living in, in Canada. I was living in Guatemala, you know, yes. and um, there was a market in Guatemala that you can go Thursdays or Sundays. And that was the only days that you went to the market. Uh, but the market was roughly about two hours away for the people where I lived at to go. Um, so it was they had to, you know, make make it a whole day thing. Right. They had to, you know, if they were going to go to the market, they had to start up early in the morning, get there so they can get fresh stuff and come back by the time they're done putting things away. It was a whole day wasted. So I started to, to look at it and I remember going to my mother and my mom was, you know, at that time with us there. My dad lived in St. John, New Brunswick. So my mom said, well, what do you want to do? Like, what can you do? And I'm like, well, I think we can buy some stuff and bring it here to the house and store it and people can come and buy here. And she goes, well, if that's what you want to do, then, then 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 do it, right? And I started this small business, you know, and it quickly grew, um, you, you know, but then I had to go back to school, so I had to stop it because I wasn't there all day to attend it. Um, but it was something that, you know, I still remember as my basis to entrepreneurship, you know, but also a social enterprise about helping the community with its needs. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, congratulations on the journey and congratulations on being honest to what it is that you're doing. And I, you, you've said, by the way, you, you pronounce Nunavut, none of it. And that embarrasses me as a Canadian. I don't know how to pronounce a very key part of my own country. I always hate it when people, you know, mis mispronounce or don't know where don't know where New Brunswick is. And so what is the per- correct pronunciation? Is it none of it? It's Nunavut. Uh, it know, is Nunavut. Okay. Okay. It is okay. <laughs> okay. So, so that's the Guatemalan part of, uh, of the pronunciation. The Guatemalan part uh, okay, brother. <laughs> yeah, that's right, dude. I really love it. So cool. So as I'm as I'm saying this, I'm I'm thinking, oh, oh, I think I'm calling him out on his own pronunciation yeah. of his own <laughs> community. <laughs> you know what? It's totally fine. You know, it's something that uh, um, my Spanish side sometimes takes takes a hold of it, and it's yeah. something that has also made me um, in an attitude. You know, my, my my spouse, my kids always speak in attitude, and I understand it. Uh, Mama, I have a really hard time pronunciating because of the Spanish side, you know. Mm-hmm. So all the pronunciations uh, in an attitude are with with your throat, and and it's really hard to do it because uh, when you speak Spanish, you speak it with your tongue, um, you know, yeah. you roll your R's yeah. and all that stuff, and and it's really hard to go, you know, and do the pronunciations in an attitude. Yeah, that's so cool. But but I get it. And, you know, I always I'm I'm, uh, I'm a big fan of being multilingual, and uh, I think that that's uh, that's cool that uh, that that even you're able to speak multiple languages. So very cool. Um, Thank you, uh, Merlin. 
Arctic Fresh is a social enterprise. Um, and, you know, we talked a bit about why you took this route because of your partner, uh, Rhoda. Um, yep. And you recently took home the 2019 Social Enterprise Startup Canada Award for in, the, in, in Whitehorse. Congratulations. That's very cool. Thank you very much. How how much is the social enterprise of your journey weaved, webbed, <laughs> threaded into the decision making of of uh, the strategic decision making that Arctic Fresh goes through? A hundred percent. You know, it, it's something that I do business and I know business, uh, but my spouse knows social enterprise at heart. It's something that all Inuit do. It's embedded into their culture. Their culture is a social enterprise, really, with the IQ. The IQ principles is all about coming together, helping each other better for the community, not as an individual. Um, And therefore, she brings that into the table all the time. So social enterprise with our business is 100 percent. It's about building local capacity, you know, teaching local people to, you know, uh, be able to aspire and get um, uh, aspire their their goals as like as a community but not only as a community but also as individuals and it's all about you know um fixing problems that are currently in the community uh using business you know so um quick example for for us you know one of the things is we know that there are people that are I, again you know going home uh and going to bed hungry so you know we we not only provide the the product at a more affordable price what we also try to do is we try to donate to the food bank right last year we donated ten thousand dollars to the food bank this is one of the first quarters that we were able to make a profit you know and almost all of our profits went into the food bank right now we're getting ready again to donate into a couple of things in the community you know uh we're having an elders gathering so we're donating for them to be able to have access to country food mm. um mm. So it's all, but then going back to as well, our employees, you know, our employees are young, uh, you know, um, some of them are of originals, you know, and they don't have too much experience with management or logistics or anything like that. And, you know, we have to spend some more time teaching them and, you know, Mm -hmm. getting them caught up to where we need to be. But we feel that investment needs to be made as a social enterprise because we feel that we're not only teaching them about this, but we're also building capacity and also a teaching yes. them and allowing them to to see what it, how it works what they can do but also for them to be able to have self confidence to achieve more yeah, that's beautiful, dude. I love it. I love it. I love it. And there's all kinds of value in uh, in you know legacies that are that you're creating off of uh, what you're doing today that are going to be uh, very impactful long term. But I, I, I want to and <laughs> folks, Merle and I were laughing uh, at the beginning before we were getting ready for the conversation because Maddie, uh, who's in charge of our scripts, she writes a note to Merlin. She says, "Please note." Our host will go off script. <laughs> not, not he might go off script. He will go off script, and I'm going to go off script because I, 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 I I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm very respectful of your mission. I'm very respectful of why you're doing. You're going to very respectful of giving back and teaching and so on. But what do you say? How, how do you? How do you? And because you mentioned the word profit, also Merlin in in our conversation. Mm-hmm. So how do you weave in the acceptability of pr- 
profit. Matter of fact, not only the acceptability, but the the uh, the, 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 the the key focus on they need to go hand in hand because if you don't have a profitable organization, you can't do the social enterprise stuff because you just become a beggar and looking for funding from uh, agencies to do your job, and, and you can't really do your job when other people are having influence that way. So, how do you bring in the conversation around business and profitability in these people that you're impacting? So, you know, I'm glad you asked me this question because I was actually, I had this conversation with someone yesterday. Um, I was conversing with with a gentleman from Ottawa and he was telling me, you know, um, regarding profit and social enterprise and everything. And I said to him, look, um, the government, there is a lot of bureaucracy on how the governments can help and how they can do what they can do. Okay, so if if you're going to if you if a community has a problem uh, or you have a problem in the community, how do you resolve that problem? Okay, one, you're 100 percent right. You can go and try to get funding from the agencies and say, hey, I need some funding for this. But then how do you resolve that problem? Do you resolve it for good or you only, you know, only bought yourself six months of time before it's also faced again? Yeah. So. So so then, you know, this is what a social enterprise does. So a social enterprise is a business. It has to make profit. It has to be liable because it, and it has to be able to to stay afloat because that's how you're going to, you know, be able to get investors and, and, and get, you know, things to towards the business to expand it. So you can make a difference in a broader scale, in a bigger scale. So your business has to be profitable, but that doesn't mean that you have to make two to three million dollars. Your right. business yeah. is profitable in, in, enough for you to achieve the outcome you want in your community, right? Uh-huh. So in our community, quick example is something that we're fighting: it's food insecurity. You know, uh-huh. and also building local capacity. So. We're not only reinvesting in our youth, you know, teaching them on how to, you know, um, do business, but also how to work in different things, you know, management trainees, supervising trainees. So we're reinvesting in that, right? And that comes off our, our bottom line. But then when the bottom line is done, then we look at it and we go, okay, how much can we reinvest in the company uh-huh. and how uh-huh. and, and what impact do we want to make in the community this year, right? Yes. So then we look at it and we're, okay, we need to, we're not quite there where we want to be with the company. So we'll reinvest a certain percentage because this year, this is what we want to tackle. This is what we want to be able to achieve in the community. So you are able to break it up apart, right? So you're able to reinvest in your company, in your business. So it grows, so you can have a wider, uh, you know, um, able to have a wider and bigger, uh, you know, deliverables into the communities, but then you're also making a difference as you grow. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Well, thank you for for embracing a conversation on both sides. Um, one of my mentors, even though he doesn't know me personally, is Richard Branson, and he talks about you know this discussion between the environmentalists and the capitalists, and he keeps and you get to your extremes, but you know eighty percent of the people in the middle understand. We need both in order to really make that impact. So, uh, so thank you for letting me go off script. Yeah, <laughs> not a problem at all. You know, it's something that you know, as, as a, a social enterprise, sometimes you know, you you got to be ready for those questions. But you also yes. got to look at your business and say, okay, what what are we doing on both sides, right? And yeah. it, there needs to be a balance there, and totally. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Um. 
uh, Merlin, what's it like to do to be in the north? <laughs> I always find that funny question too, because <laughs> because Canadians are northern people. But let's talk up in noon of it. Uh, as an entrepreneur, what have been some of the biggest challenges that you've had to overcome? And, and isolation is one of them, obviously. You know, weather would be another one. Uh, but what are some ones that you'd that you'd say you probably didn't know that these two things have been a challenge for us? Okay. So one of them is um, the government of Canada. And, you know, I'm going down. That's not fair. That's go a go-to down. for everybody. <laughs> I'm going to go down that path. But anyway, you know, um, we, have to be, um, we have to be registered with Nutrition North in order for us to be able to uh, provide the subsidies from the government to our cu- customers. So... One of the biggest challenges is that um, we um, we are competing against um, you know almost a billion dollar company and a five billion dollar company. Those are mm. our competitions in, in the north. So when mm. you're looking at a startup mm. social enterprise competing against these guys, it's a huge disadvantage, mm. right? And so with Nutrition North Canada. You know, there there was well for us to be registered with them. It took us one full year, one for wow. years of us traveling to Ottawa, having meetings. Yes, you know, we, we remember. I remember the first time when they requested for us to meet. Myself and Rhoda had to pay three thousand dollars a ticket each to travel to Ottawa so we can meet for thirty minutes. Wow, wow! Why couldn't they do that? Why couldn't they do that through Zoom or Skype or anything like that? They had to do it face-to-face? They had to do it face-to-face, you know. Oh, come on. That's crazy. And and then we had to go through, you know, all of the all of the process to 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 get registered, right? And then again, now that we were registered, you know, the actual amount of paperwork that we have to do. So so this is and this is where it goes a little bit to to the side, right? So we are asked on behalf of the government of Canada to subsidize uh, product uh, to northern residents. So we subsidize it at front, okay? Now. In order for us to get a refund back, we have to submit an enormous amount of paperwork. And it has to be very accurate. If it's not accurate, a lot of the times you get denied for that product or for that order. So we, we had to, you know, actually spend almost six months. Uh, come, We hire um, a specialist that deals with, with computer systems and stuff like that to develop a system for us that would do it automatically because it was taking us close a person about almost two weeks just to be able to 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 do all the paperwork that it was required so you know and and then you know that's you submit nuts, it man that's nuts that's oh nuts. yeah that's yeah nuts. and then you submit it and you have to wait anywhere between you know 30 to 45 days to 60 days to get your money back so by this time you already owe the airlines because a lot of it is transportation costs that you know um so, uh, you know, by the time, you know, you get the money, you're at 90 days into the airline. So we needed to have a really strong cash flow to be able mm-hmm. to subsidize a lot of this. So that created mm-hmm. a lot of problems for us at the beginning. You know, luckily mm-hmm. today, knock on wood, you know, we were able to minimize all of that. But it, it really was a hurdle for us. It really was a challenge for us. Did you, uh, Merlin, during this journey, uh, did did the big guys ever come kind of uh, knocking kind of on your heels and say, no, you're "Not my <laughs> oh, backward, yeah. not, not not my backyard, little brother"? That's not going to happen. Did you ever get those, no. those pressures? Oh, oh, 
Oh yeah, we 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 had a lot of pressures from from our, our, our competitors, right? That they were not happy that you know we were introducing a new <laughs> uh, a new option. Um, so so you know it, it was something that, that that we had to face. Yeah, but you showed them. Little brother sometimes wins wins the fight. I love it. I love it. Um, this conversation has been absolutely fantastic, and uh, I want to I want to. Um, uh, end with a couple of questions, um, and let's let's dive let's dive into the easy one first. I I really think people can learn a lot from you and from Rhoda and your journey. Um, what's the best way to kind of hang out with you two to watch what you're doing, learn what you're doing, get on your learn about your YouTube video uh, cooking and so on? What's the what's the best way for that all to happen? Yeah, so up to date, we've been somewhat hesitant to really. F- uh, launch our full online strategy uh, just because remote uh, wireless uh, I- internet in the north sometimes can be a challenge that has been changed uh, it's been changing a lot in the last uh, probably 12 months with uh, Norwestel being able to launch their satellite uh, with uh, help from the federal government and NSSI micro putting cell phones across the north as well as Bell you know being uh, putting some cell phone towers in some communities so this has changed dramatically within the last year so now we're and that's why we're starting our YouTube channels. We're actually implementing our, our online social media. So Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, our, our YouTube is something that people can follow through and they'll be able to see, uh, you know, what we do and how we make progress. So is it just did you just uh, Google Arctic Fresh or is there a, a, a uh, um... no? You can go down to. Um, arcticfresh.ca and and you know you'll be able to you're there you're on the website you're able to to, to see what what we do but then you know you uh, social media as well facebook twitter uh you know you'll be able to see post daily you know we, we post a lot of our, our, our communities you know uh myself and rora we like to to be outdoors we like to be um, you know really integrated in the community so anything that is happening in the communities will be coming along as well <laughs> Brilliant, dude! You're you're you really are a social enterprise that actually is immersing yourself in your communities and with your customers. You're alongside of them. You're not uh, separate from them. That's so cool, um, Merlin. Uh, what do you wish you knew now? Then, when you first started out, that you know now. So uh, let's 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 not go back to when you were eight. Let's go back to when you were twenty one, <laughs> twenty two. What do you wish you knew then that you know now about? Being an entrepreneur, not being an entrepreneur from Nunavut or for Arctic Fresh, Arctic Fresh, but just as an entrepreneur. You know what? I I really wish um, that I would have known that you know success really comes from listening, um, listening to your customers, listening to, to your community, listening around. You know, a lot of the times as entrepreneurs, we are such in a rush and such a, uh, a busy lifestyle that we forget sometimes to listen. And, and, you know, we, we, we're doing things, we're trying to do things, we're trying to, you know, keep things fresh and, and, and you know, uh, keep things, you know, exciting. Um, but sometimes we forget that the best thing we can do is listen. And, you know, mm. a lot of the answers come from just listening. I, I always uh, I, I always say a lot of things, but one in particular I'm consistent with. I say business is a dating game, and most positive relationships are are are, are healthy, and they advance in a way that's good for both sides when you listen. And uh, so I'm so happy that you you didn't talk about communication. You said listen, which I think is so yeah. so key. So. 
Well, look, my friend, uh, I can't thank you enough, Merlin, for uh, for your time today. Uh, it really has been an incredible conversation. Congratulations on your journey. Congratulations on your award. Congratulations on getting on social media. Congratulations on um, keep on battling the federal government. I, I just all around <laughs> great. And I know there's some crap underneath all that, but dude, that's so it's a cool journey you've been on that goes beyond what most entrepreneurs face in. Uh, in, in Canada so um, yeah, just high five to you and um, so any last words that you want to leave to uh, for our audience you know what uh, thank you very much I really appreciate for for taking part of this and you know um, yeah, the last words for the audience will be that you know thank you for allowing Arctic Fresh to um, and myself to be able to enter into this uh, podcast as you're listening and, and and keep up with us you know uh, keep checking out on Facebook and things like that the north is a beautiful thing um, also if you get a chance yes. to visit it's just magnificent yeah man. all right Merlin keep on happening I uh, I look forward to the opportunity to uh, shaking your hand face to face rather than virtually because that's how business is done up north, I'm sure. Many, many, many That's times. correct. Yeah, okay, sounds okay. good. Have a great Thank day. Thank you so much, Bye for now. Okay, bye. -bye. bye. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. 